And now, The Rika Show, presented by Rika Technologies with your hosts, Cynthia Delaria, Daryl Brogdon, and Grant Parks. Hey, everybody, this is Cynthia, Grant, and Daryl from Rika Technologies. We, this is our very, very first attempt at podcasting, video, anything like that. We don't know what of this will survive. And we uh, don't know what we're doing. And we don't know what we're doing, but that's what makes it really exciting. Um, so as an intro for everybody, we are a tech incubator. Uh, we help people who have ideas in the technology space, IoT, um, web apps, mobile apps, that Cloud. kind of stuff. Cloud. Yes, it's very important that you point up when you say that. <laughs> Um, we help these people who maybe don't know how to get to market or who have never had a startup business or who maybe have had a business but never in a tech space. Um, we help them mature their ideas and get to a point where either they can get funding or they're out in the marketplace actively selling, sometimes both. Uh, I am Cynthia. I am, we're all three coders, but we have like sort of different skill sets outside of actually writing code. Uh, mine happens to be particularly around the business side of things. Uh, and I generally tend to be the face of things because I'm not bald. Okay, that makes me distinct. Uh, this is Grant. Say hi, Grant. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Grant is uh, our resident architect, principal engineer, uh, master of just about anything. If there's a piece of legacy code that's broken or that doesn't function super efficiently, he will sniff it out and he will fix it and make it way better than it ever was to start with. Yeah. <laughs> and over there on his iPad, that's Daryl. Say hi. Hi. And uh, <laughs> Daryl is our resident DevOps and sort of like connected into everything network guy, um, network, networking, networking. And also he has a good network. Uh, and also, like I said, a coder. So... We are going to choose a new topic every week um, and, and start to get our name out there so that you guys know who we are. And this is our first week. And so in keeping with uh, the traditions of whatever in podcasting, we're we took a look at what is trending in technology in general and also in specifically software development uh, since we figure it's good to speak to things that we know something about and we can be experts in. Um, one of the trending topics for 2019 kind of started at the end of last year, but it's definitely gaining some traction this year has to do with this concept of low code development. So what is this? This, this is this idea that using a WYSIWYG or a graphical interface of some kind, somebody who doesn't know anything about technology could create a program or write an app that does something that they're really interested in building an app to do or a piece of software to do. I think there's probably pros and cons on both sides, um, but this is what we want to talk about today, being that we are coders, and I, I don't think we want to be replaced by robots any more than people working at McDonald's do. So, I don't think we're in risk of that from what I've so read either. about low code. I think we're, <laughs> our jobs are secure for a little while longer. Good. Why don't, why don't you tell us what, what you've read and what, what, your, uh, what your sort of first thoughts are, and then we'll I'll kind of jump in. Um, it seems to me that they're probably pretty good for simple CRUD applications. You know, um, nothing, nothing complex. Um, you know, we, I think we've seen these things come and go for decades. Okay. You know, so you don't saying, think this is something new? I don't think so. Okay. Um, nope. You know, I, I remember you, Grant, mentioning something. Well, I was, back I, was in, I was just thinking based on what Cynthia was saying, 
I remember taking Oracle classes in the 80s, and one of, one of the things there was Oracle Forms. And you went on and you said, here's where I want this field, and here's where I want this field, and here's what I, what I want that to look like. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to hook that all up for you. Hmm. you know, same thing, really. Was that sort of like what Web Forms was in the 90s? Was, was Web Forms so. a product? No, it was a, it was this kind of a concept. Yeah, it was a concept okay. more than anything else, but but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, you know really the idea of and you know now that we got talking about it, I mean the the recent experience with Node Red on IBM's cloud. Mm-hmm. That's obviously the same thing and the unfortunate thing is it's easier to develop those tools now than it ever was and so more people are going to do it and unfortunately in my opinion when the, as more you know, maybe maybe that also grows uh, a best of breed, but it, it grows a lot of not so great. Mm. It proliferates not so great. Yeah. And people glom onto things sometimes thinking it is really great, and then it goes out further and further. But It seems to me that this might be the kind of thing that could be, that could be really useful for something that's similar to one of the products that we offer, which is like this rapid prototyping concept, yeah. right? Which is I have this core idea and I want to quickly put it together and kind of play with it and maybe get it in front of some people and see if my idea makes any sense in reality and see if people like get excited about it. Are people actually going to use this or is this what they actually need? Yeah. Uh, that seems to me uh, a lot of the use is in enterprise, you know, just putting something quickly together to solve a problem for your own internal staff. Well, maybe right. that's maybe that's the key distinction there is specific purpose okay you know when okay. when it's when it's a, a WYSIWYG generator wizard tool that is for a specific kind of output for a specific thing <coughs> excuse me or you know in the same vein maybe my my problem with some of those things has been the oh you can do everything yeah with this and uh. like really can you yeah. that was my impression in, in reading about it is I it it abstracts the fact that writing code is still very nuanced right now and this masks all of that nuance and it makes it seem like you don't have to understand that nuance you can build anything you want with this low code platform and yay you've got a product and i i think pretty quickly after using something like this you're going to realize where it starts breaking down yeah and i think the bit the the I read a couple things where, um, and maybe these were just really new programmers or maybe just programmers that didn't understand really what this is, but I, I think the takeaway as a programmer is to understand there's still code running on a platform and somebody has to manage the platform, right? Right. So this isn't replacing programming jobs anytime soon or anything like that. We're not, we're not worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more what it does... I just totally lost my train of thought. Well, what I, because I faced that in my career at different times because I was always automating things, making things um, automatic, creating macros, libraries, things like that. And I got pushback sometimes, you know, you're going to, and he said, no, you know, you, you, what we'll end up doing is if, if you can do all of that stuff automatically, it doesn't mean that there's less of a need for you. It means you will have more stuff come in that you will have to do. You'll have to actually go you will get the chance, really, the opportunity to go up a level in the type of programming that you're doing because you've got these things down here handling a lot of the low level. And that's, you know, that's the dream. That's the the holy grail behind all of this, whether it's a framework or a, you know, the the 
some kind of a, a UI type code generator type thing. I mean, that's that's the holy grail. And any system that can cover everything um, and do it well, I think, is going to be too big for you to use to wrap your brain around. Right. Because you have to wrap your brain around the problem, and then you've got to wrap your brain around a layer around your problem. Right. And so when they try to solve everything, yeah. as opposed to what I was saying earlier about it being a specific, yeah. um, it's either not going to do the job or it's only going to do you know, a certain percentage of the job. Yeah, well. and you pointed something interesting, which is a program like this can only give you the, the ability to low-code program something that the original creator created a module for, right? right? So if you're trying to do... I don't even know what if you're trying to do something and you're looking through there and you're like, well, it doesn't give me a way to do that. Most of these programs is like, well, then you can't do that. Like, yeah. And like no in Node Red, you could, you know, you you could create your own node for Node Red using Node.js and fill in on all the holes. But not everybody wants to do that, has the expertise to do that. And you could argue that, well, I'm already trying to program a solution to my problem. Right. Now I've got to learn how to program your framework. Right. Right. To, to and solve. Then, and if I just had open vanilla, yeah. then I could just do this. Yeah. Isn't it compounded by the fact that, like you said, if the original low-code platform developer didn't think of what you need, you're at the mercy of that. But you're, it's even worse because if the module developer, of this module that you're using, didn't think of what you need, now you're at the mercy of both. Right, right. And if the platform that you're using to create all this stuff in this low-code world doesn't allow you to extend it to put in your own code if you know how to do that or to add your own modules, you know, like you were just saying, yeah, then you're even more so at the mercy. And so maybe this, like we said, goes back to it's really great if I'm in a corporate environment and I want to and, and I'm trying to test an audience or test something and I want something quick and my marketing team can go put it together with this, you know, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, you know, compile that to my phone as a native app or whatever. And now I can go take it to you and say, Hey, what do you think about that? What's the interaction like? Yeah. But I, I, I highly suspect the user experience is going to be very, very limited and, I think that's something that can be important when looking at whether or not an idea really does work. How you interact with the idea matters just as much as the idea itself. And so I wonder if you, you know, you, there's always give and take. There's no such thing as a free lunch, right? You don't right. just get an easily developed app real quick, real simple by a marketing person and not have to have, you know, like app expertise or whatever, or, or software expertise. But what do you give up to get that, yeah. right? And so I, I just I wonder who who are the who are the markets like the target audiences for this kind of thing? Do you think is it other coders who are trying to get to a particular place quickly and then go so. further, or is this really like a UX person, a design person, a marketing person, somebody what do, doesn't want to develop? Right, doesn't expertise. know code, doesn't want to build code. Uh, and I've yeah, been and in I situations don't... like that where I've had people who are in marketing or whatever, they're not developers and they come to me and can you just cobble this information together in a report and, and give that to me and I can see how this might be useful for them. They don't have to come to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm an expensive resource at a company. They could just use this platform mm -hmm. and ideally they would be, like you said, just be able to drag and drop these 
particular pieces of information and it would generate a report? I don't know. Yeah. It, it would be interesting to find out um, if there's really ever been one of these systems that has allowed non-technical people. Because I was thinking about, you know, a guy who, that I worked around that did was a business intelligence consultant. Made really, really good rates with that. He didn't really want to be a programmer, but he goes, the po- or my point is that they still had to hire an expert in something that was supposed to be a, um, whatever you call it, you know, like business automated yeah. intelligence yeah. where it should have been drag and drop for managers and, and C-level executives to be able to do what they want to do when they can. And I've never, I've always seen that there, no, there's always a specific person or team that administers this thing that was to me, is supposed to cut the technical need out. Hmm. So, so maybe in some what cases, are you really cutting out? Yeah, you're you're using one of these platforms intending to ena- enable non-technical people, but do you cause more need for technical support to manage all to create that? Create a new help niche yeah, that needs exactly. to be supported for exactly. just that one. And I mean, I'm just wondering. I can't think from my experience. I can't think of anything where that st- whatever that tool was wasn't still didn't still have a person or a couple people that were the go between. I take the requirements from the, <laughs> the CEO to the business intelligence. I'm a people person. Did you guys have you guys ever used Crystal Reports? Yeah, long, is, long, long time ago. Is that would that be considered a low code platform? You think it's very, very weak. I mean, because all it is, I mean, it's it's, it's just good at what it does. Report. It's it's for a specific thing. And they really got into that and they can, you know, all the, how are all the ways we can combine keys and columns and sorting and summing yeah. and all that stuff and, and grouping and, you know, you can define all that on, as it's a, it's a large set, but it's a finite set Yeah, and you can break that down. But then when you start saying, oh, I'm going to give you a platform that'll let you write your API server and everything that goes behind that. Right by dragging some boxes around and connecting them and configuring them. It's like there's at, at the, at the best case, there's going to be extreme inefficiencies in my opinion. Yeah. Cause it just can't, it can't look at the whole or it, it's, it doesn't. Yeah, we're look back at to those whole. nuances where it's, it's not able to understand those nuances. Can't look at the whole. Can't look at the whole cloud cloud. Whole W hole. Whole. hole. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do like a coup whip on coup whip hole. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, all right, so last thoughts, um, Daryl. La- last thoughts about this. What one, do you think? One one big issue I would question about these is how much consideration is given towards security as well. Mm. Okay, um, that's probably a really good point. Yeah. So I don't okay. know. I don't know the answer to that. It's but anybody that's looking at a low code environment needs to factor that in. Okay. Especially in this day and age. So I'll ask two questions parting. One, is this replacing our jobs? Two, your view on where could this be useful and to to what point could it be useful? Let's say ten seconds or less. I don't think it's report replacing our jobs anytime soon. Um, I think it's probably useful in a corporate environment. For like what I described, you just need something quick and dirty. It's not intended to last for a long time. Although, as we know, in in almost any environment, stuff that's not entire, that's intended to last, seconds. huh? <laughs> Are you cutting me off? I've exceeded my time. 
Where's the Where's the big? Uh... You need the little. The, you need the the green, yellow, exactly. red light. Exactly. In debates, <laughs> I yield my time to the, to to the, the gentleman with the mall. Right. <laughs> um, Grant. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a waste of time. For nothing else, I think you know. Eventually, things are going to get more tackled in this area. So, I think it's worthy just as to as the experimental. You know, we should be researching this. We should be going forward and trying to figure out how much we can do um, without technical expertise that's mm-hmm. actually useful and works. Um, and and I'm I'm all for doing that kind of stuff. In small areas, I mean, we've always written little tools for ourselves to automate something, and, and sometimes it writes code, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, all right. even though we're, I was very negative, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, you know, it's optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you guys. I don't, I don't think, I mean, obviously, like I said, somebody's got to be managing the platform that actually provides the drag and drop and whatever else. So, obviously, there's going to be room for coders everywhere. Yay. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think a really good way to look at this, which does prevent the security issue is look at it for prototyping, you know, figuring out if an idea works and, and, you know, looking at putting something together where you can figure out what kind of user experience you really want and and maybe, maybe even working out workflows, you know, it might be a really, really good use for something like this. Well, that's really how PubTech has been working out for us because this new rewrite is completely different, but it showed how to set it up. Yeah. How, how should it work? Yeah. PubTech is one of our um, incubator clients, and they have an IoT device that that monitors uh, the atmosphere, the environment around your dog, and is constantly reporting those bits of data back to the server. The cloud. <laughs> the cloud. Uh, and... Um, what Grant's pointing to is that we recently moved off of uh, one cloud provider's uh, platform into an environment that gave us a lot more flexibility. And the, I would say the process of being on the original cloud provider taught us a lot about how to set up the environment when we had more flexibility. And I think that's what you're pointing to. Yeah, the steps that needed to be accomplished. And now we're actually writing code uh, rather than having configurable blocks that pass things to each other. Um, but it was a, a good way to get more immersed into the different demands of IoT yeah, cool. And Node-RED is what we would Node consider Red. like a low-code kind of platform where you Definitely. can kind of drag and drop visually these nodes together mm-hmm. and say, okay, if you end up in this flow, go this way. If you end up in this flow, go this way. So it's sort of that workflow kind of concept. Yep. Cool. All right, this has been our very, very first attempt at this. We're very excited. I think it went well. Nobody made any jokes that are going to get us in trouble, I don't think. Although I'm no, sure no these DMCA guys are going to lighten violations. up. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Oh, wait, I had all these jokes that are really racist in my body. So are we going to send to a bar? <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Until next time, this is Reich Technologies, Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology. Catch you next time.